Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Well, we're going to get started in just a moment. A couple announcements to remember. Don't forget, following the service tonight, a little short meeting, uh, informative meeting, if I say that right. Uh, just about some of the things about pastoral search and the uh, the flooding and kind of some stuff that's been going on just to kind of fill everybody in, make sure everybody knows what's going on. And so uh, don't forget about that and run out. Uh, there's always those in a church that run out as soon as church is over. Well, don't forget tonight you'll miss out on something. Then you'll be wanting to know uh, what, what's going on. And so be sure and stay for that. Um, also, don't forget, we still got some calendars back there. I'm going to keep bugging you about it because we still got some. Uh, if nothing else, buy a handful just so I'll quit talking about them. It, it'll send some kid to camp or help some kid go to camp, so it'll definitely be worth it. But but anyway, uh, be sure and get a bulletin if you didn't this morning to keep up with all the things that are coming up so that you don't miss out on anything. A lot of fun, a lot of exciting things coming up. Uh, this week is the, the Heart to Heart. I want to remind you of that since it is Tuesday night. Uh, don't forget about it. Ta Tanya Spradling is going to be here ministering and soup and sandwiches. So be sure and show up for that at 6 o'clock, ladies. And uh, uh, the good thing about being a husband to one of the ladies is we get leftovers. So if there's leftovers sometimes there's not so but anyway but they're going to have a good time ladies fellowship and so be a part of that stand this evening let's open our service with a word of prayer to the lord this evening father we love you lord we thank you for everything that you do for us lord we thank you for this beautiful day that we've had lord to come and to be in your presence lord to just come and experience you in a mighty way in your house today lord we thank you for the service this morning and lord we expect greater things tonight because that's what you promised lord you have promised us that you'll come and you'll move and you'll touch and we invite you tonight lord come and take control of this place lord let your will be done let your spirit move lord touch lives tonight in a brand new fresh way a brand new fresh outpouring lord let it rain down tonight we love you, Lord. We praise you and we give you glory in the name of Jesus.
worship. I cannot wait until you are here with me. I long for that day just as you do. And that time is coming. But I tell you today there will be some dark days before then. And I need my people to hold fast. I need your faith to stay strong. Because my spirit is moving in this world. I am moving and I am drawing the lost. I am drawing those that you think would never come to know me. They are so deep in sin and so deep in darkness. But I am shining my light upon them. And I need my church to be strong and to be waiting and to be ready. That when they come to you, that you can give them the hope that is in me. So I tell you today to be strong, to be vigilant, to be aware of the snares of the enemy. For he is coming against the church. He is coming against my people. Because he also sees that my light is being shown upon this world. Be careful. Be careful of what you say. Be careful of how you present yourself to this world. For you will need to be a shining example of my love. When they come to you and they will come. Yes. Yes. Thank you, Father, for your word, God. God, help us to grasp hold of that, Father. Father, give us strength in the days to come, God. Give us strength in our hearts and our minds, Father. In our spiritual walk with you, God, give us strength. Father, draw us closer than we've ever been before, Lord. Help this church to be a church for the broken, God. Father, help our doors to always be open, Lord. For those that come, God. And give us the wisdom, God. us the wisdom, God, for when they come through those doors, God, that we just open our arms to them, Father, and show them nothing but the love of Jesus, God. Father, be our God. Father, help our light to shine bright, God. We receive your word, God, your guidance and your instructions, Father. We cling to that, God, in Jesus' holy
is holy. Amen. Holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. We're just practicing. I've said this before. We're just practicing for when we get to heaven. And we all throw our crowns at him and proclaim, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God Almighty. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You may be seated tonight. I was looking at the calendar. Today is the 15th. We are approaching six months without a pastor. And I'd like to take just a moment and let, we, we haven't been praying about that, but I, uh, I know Brother McCaslin was having his prayed service. I'd like to do that again tonight. Um, I know they're going to update us a little bit about kind of how that's going, but I feel like we should, we should take a moment and let's, let's just pray. Let's pray for God's direction. Let's pray for his strength. I know you look around and you see numbers are starting to, to wane. You see people that used to sit there and they're not sitting there. And, you know, the enemy will attack the church and he'll do anything he can. He'll cause division. He'll cause rumors. He'll stir everything he can up to keep us from being in God's will, to keep us from doing what we're supposed to do, the purpose we have as a church. And I believe that's what he's doing. And, you know, six months is a long time to go without a shepherd. Sheep begin to stray. The wolves begin to come around. And so we need that shepherd. So let's take a moment. If you have a need other than that this evening, why don't you just lift up your hand? We're going we're gonna to present those to the Lord as well. But let's take a moment. Let's just, first of all, seek God's direction. Second of all, let's lift up our board and those that are uh, fighting the battle for us. That, that God will move and bless them for that as well. All right. Can we do that? Lord, we just come before you tonight. Lord, we need a pastor. Lord, we know that the enemy is stirring things. We know the enemy is causing trouble. The enemy is causing roadblocks to keep us from moving where we're supposed to move, from, from receiving the pastor and from receiving what you have for us to be able to do the work that you've given to us, Lord. And we pray right now in the name of Jesus, we bind the enemy. Lord, we bind the attacks. We bind the roadblocks. We bind the division. We bind, Lord, we bind the rumors. We bind everything that the enemy's bringing against us, Lord, in order for us to receive what you have for us, God. And God, we loose the Holy Spirit to begin to move in this place. God, to begin to move in this meeting tonight. Begin to move in this church, Lord, as you send the right person for this time. Lord, for such a time as this, you've got the right person. And Lord, we pray right now, send that person. Lord, open our eyes to receive. Lord, open our hearts, open our minds to receive what you have for us right now in the name of Jesus, that your will would be done. God, not ours. Lord, that your will would be done in this church. God, that your, your mission, your purpose for this church would be fulfilled, God. And we praise you, God, above all else. We give you glory, God, for everything, good, bad, and everything else, God. We praise you and we give you glory because it's only you, God, that can do these things. God, we're helpless without you, but we need you. We need you in every area, Lord, and we thank you for that. Lord, I lift up our board. God, those that are working, that are, that are meeting, God, I pray that you bless them right now for their efforts. God, I pray that you give them a new wisdom, a new refreshment, God, a new wind, God, that you give them a new strength, Lord, as we continue to move forward. God, I pray that you just pour out your Holy Spirit on them afresh and anew in a mighty and powerful way. God, as they seek your will, God, as they seek your direction, we love you tonight. Lord, any other needs that are here tonight, Lord, we pray that you would just move in a mighty way. God, send healing and deliverance. God, salvation, financial restitution, families. God, whatever they need, God, that you would begin right now to touch in the name of Jesus. And we love you tonight. We thank you, Lord, for answering prayers. God, you've never forsaken us. Lord, we've never come to you with a need and you've turned us away. But, Lord, you're faithful to answer our prayers and faithful to meet our needs. And we thank you for that tonight. We praise you tonight in the name of Jesus. 
Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. If our ushers will come, we'll take up our tithes and uh, offering at this time. Let's pray over the offering tonight. Father, we thank you for your blessings. Lord, I thank you for the many times that you provided our needs for us, God, and we praise you right now for what you do for us. But Lord, as it's time to give back to you, Lord, I pray we give with a cheerful heart tonight, Lord, that we give. Lord, you only ask a small portion, but Lord, we give as you've given to us, Lord. I pray you bless the gift, bless the giver, multiply, Lord, this money that comes in and send it all over the world to reach the lost. And we love you and we praise you in the name of Jesus. Amen. Loving tonight. Amen. the footprints of the Nazarene sprang back and waved a message to a bird on the wing that's him in a mighty old river in the noonday sun an outcast kept crying, I tell you, he's the one. A voice out of heaven said, I'm pleased with my son, cause that's him. Angry waves splashing Sleep in the boat. Does he even care? We're all so afraid that he 
just keeps lying thank you for receiving our family. Uh, this morning we had several of them here and uh, they were all over here. You wonder who them strangers were and some a little weird looking, I know, but uh, they were here and uh, they really did appreciate the way you received them and thank you so much again for that. And uh, thank you, Sabrina. She always has been helping us and uh, since my wife has been very sick and had a lot of problems, Sabrina has just retired from her nursing to come down to be a full-time nurse for us. So we appreciate that very much. <laughs> been a great help to us. And we're glad to have Stacy with us today. Uh, Stacy's had another ministry over the house. She comes over and helps my wife clean the house. So uh, we, we're still inviting our family in. Good to have you, Stacy. Thank you for coming. Thank you for being here and thank you for receiving us so warmly. And um, 
I never know what I'm going to preach. I wished I did. Sometimes it'd really be a, a problem solver if I could knew what I was going to talk about. But sometimes I have to wait until I hear direct from the throne room. And then I know it's going to be okay. Now this weekend it's been a little unusual because as I begin to pray, the Lord seemed to be directing me a little bit different way than He normally would do. And I said, Lord, what is it? What, 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 do you, what do you want me to do? And he said, one thing, I'm going to put you as a watchman upon the wall. Warn the people. Warn the people. So that's what I'm going to do. I tried it this morning. We're going to try it again tonight, a little different. But we want to warn you that there is an enemy coming. I heard the message while ago. I listened to the songs. There's a warning. There's an enemy lurking by to take advantage. And we need to be ready to be able to receive him and him receive us. And uh, I would like to turn a special request. I know Dennis didn't do this, but I want to do it for him. His wife fell this morning. He had to rush home to help her. And I know what that feels like. And he was telling us that she got a spring, I think it was, out of her foot or whatever it was. I don't know exactly what all was happening. And after he got checked out, I guess he's all right. He's back here tonight. So thank you, Dennis, for making the circle and coming back. <laughs> but anyway, we're so thankful that the Lord takes care of us and sees after all these things, doesn't he? Amen. Amen. And so tonight I want, to, uh, I, want to, I want to read something out of the Old Testament. This morning was New Testament, but tonight is an Old Testament and uh, I'm going to read just the setting. I really don't think this is the complete story. It'd be too long, but I'm going to read an introduction to the story tonight. It's found in Daniel chapter 1. Daniel chapter 1. I'll begin to read. And in the third year of the reign of Jehoiakim, king of Judah, came Nebuchadnezzar, king of Babylon, unto Jerusalem besieged it. And the Lord gave Jehoiakim, king of Judah, into the hands of part of his vessels of the house of God, which he carried in the land of Shinar to the house of God. And he brought the vessels into the treasure house of his God. And the king spake unto Aphaziah, the master of the eunuchs, that it should bring certain of the children of Israel and of the king's seed of the princes. And the children whom were, were and children of whom was no blemish, but well favored and skillful in all wisdom and cunning, in knowledge and understanding, science, and such had ability in them to stand in the king's palace in whom they might teach the learning and the tongue of the Chaldeans. And the king appointed them a daily provision of the king's meat and of the wine which he spake, which he drank, so nourishing them for three years. At the end thereof they might stand before the king. I want you to pray with me for a moment for direction, guidance, and leading for this is something I want to be sure that I'm on dead center with what God wants, okay? Heavenly Father, I surrender myself in the Word of God as I have read it. As you have spoken to my heart, let me be able to transfer that into the hearts of the people here today. 
Give me God anointing upon my spirit, not for my glory, but for your glory as we receive your word. For we ask it today in Jesus' name and for your glory today. Amen and amen and amen. As you well know now, but this is a story about uh, uh, Nebuchadnezzar that challenged these three Hebrew children, we'll call them. Actually, there were actually four of them. Now, this is the story that happens when a kingdom, or a king in this case, went into another kingdom and he conquered it, whatever he had to do to bring it in subjection. Then he would come home. The conquering king would ride in the lead chariot coming back to the homeland, and the defeated king or those that he would bring with him from that land to symbolize his victory would ride in the second chariot. Then after him would be the chariots carrying the uh, contraband that they had gathered up in the land to show what they had conquered. This is the column that's coming back into Babylon. And as uh, Nebuchadnezzar now feeling boastful in his heart for this, uh, being able to defeat these people in Judea, these Israelites, and God sometimes allows defeat to bring recognition that we need him. There are times that God does uh, show that his love is great in that he allows us to be subdued and brought in discipline to the will of God. So I pray tonight as I speak that you will gleam from these few words and thoughts, things that might help you to deal with the things that we have to deal with in this life that we know here in Long Road. Now, I want you to notice as he brought these in, these were talented people, not just gifted, they were talented people. They probably were the very most handsome men they could find in the kingdom to bring in. They were very well educated in the university of that time. They were masters in science and all of the abilities. They were probably being groomed and taught to be teachers because that's exactly what Nebuchadnezzar wanted to make them, where they would be teachers of the Chaldean language and culture. Sometimes to understand your enemy, you need to be able to survey them in all dimensions. And so this was the king's idea to be able to glean from these more intelligent folks that he had just brought in from uh, this new conquering nation he had been at, that now he has people that has great skill and ability. So he brings them in, and this is the first thing he wants to do. He wants to change their identity. These people, it was Daniel, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. He wanted to give them new names. Can I tell you, the devil would like to change your identity if he could. He'd like to come over to your house and put up an address that you did not post there. For it's the enemy's business to try to change us from who we are to something that we would be acceptable by the world. And I'm going to be right up front with you. Church, there are those today that are being requisitioned to come and to fit both and fit in the world and fit in the church. 
So we have to be careful that we don't lose our identity. We don't lose it. And this is what the king said, Nebuchadnezzar. He said, feed them what I've been feeding on. Give them what I've been eating. I want them to look like me. You know, the devil would love to feed you with a, with a meal that would make you look like him. Be careful. Be careful. For sometimes he prepares a meal that you're not ready to digest. Stay with me. Stay with me. Because I'm going to tell you, if the enemy can, he'll give you a new identity. He tried to give them something to eat so that they would, they would take on a different atmosphere. They would be different. Did you know there is a world today that's trying to change you and I? I'm sure you're wise of it. I'm not, I'm not taking, talking about any secret thing. You know, for the last two or three years, we've been through a trial and a test. And there is an enemy that would like to subdue the church and destroy the church and wipe it out. I'm thankful that we've still got people that are praying and seeking the face of God for direction. Uh, we, we have a governor. I want you to pray for our governor, Governor Sitt. I'm, I, I thank God put him there for a the special reason. He's Assembly of God man. He grew up in Tulsa, Oklahoma, attended Assembly of God Church, but made, the, made this, the governor race and won and then moved to uh, Oklahoma City, and now he attends Capitol Hill Assembly. Back a few weeks ago, you might have noticed a lot of editorials being run. And I began to see things, and I really questioned it because it didn't sound like the man that I thought I knew. But I began to research a little bit, and I found out that there had been people making up all kinds of questionable things to put in the paper. I'm not here to politic. I'm not trying to push anybody. But I'm going to tell you this. The devil will blind our eyes if he can, whether we can't find the man that God has for the hour. Amen. The man that God has for this pulpit is standing out there waiting right now to hear the voice of God to come in. And I want you as a church body, this is where we have to bind together where that we will be able to tie the hands of the enemy. You know, if he can throw one dart, he'll, he'll, he'll try to bring you down and try to discourage you and try to break you up. And I want you to pray, not just today. I appreciate what you mentioned. That's a, that was a wonderful thing. We need to pray for the man that God has. But when he gets here, you need to pray for him even more. Because I'm going to tell you, he'll be with a bullseye on him all the time then. Pray, 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 pray. That's all I can say. God has a man, and he will send a man. We need God's man, don't we? I know that, that Governor Sid has done some special things. He, he put some stuff before the legislation this a few weeks, a few months ago it's been now. And one of them was that he wanted to be able to get rid of this liberal uh, curriculum theory, and he went into uh, the, the schools. He's gone in a lot of ways to try to block some stuff that was being presented. He's trying to get the teachers' unions to be able to uh, investigate and see better what's going on, and there has been some real hostility in that area. 
So let me tell you this, that I don't care what office you're in, whether you're the governor or the pastor of a church, the devil has tried to try to trick you in any way he can, trying to find a way to block your testimony, trying to keep you from being the person that you want to be. So be the man, be the woman that God wants us to be for his glory today. If the devil can change your identity, give you another name, he will disguise your purpose that you have for God. You have a purpose. You have a calling. People say, well, that's the pastor, or that's the associate pastor, or the teacher. No, you are called. We are all called. As many that are called are of the kingdom and the power and the grace and the glory of God. You are called. You're a part of the calling of God. And I pray that God will somehow or another in his special way will be able to teach us. We've got a purpose. We've got a goal. We've got a reason. We've got an objective. We've got a vision. Let's do something for the kingdom and the glory of God. I do have a dream. I'm a dreamer. Somebody who knows me will tell you that in a heartbeat. I'm a dreamer. I dream big stuff. I like to dream about things that way up there because I believe that's where we ought to be dreaming. I didn't come along just to make it by the skin of my teeth. I want to go. I want to be riding on top, don't you? I want to get on top. I want to see what it feels like to be a winner, to be on top, to be flowing in the glory and the power and the anointing of his name in my life and soul. God will fend you. God will do it. God will give it to you. Oh, that God would help us. Help us to reach our goals. Don't lose your purpose. Everybody in this room has got a calling and a purpose to do some particular thing. One can do one thing while someone else can do something else. Don't lose your purpose. Don't lose your goals. I don't know if you... I, uh, be watching YouTube much. Some people do. Some don't. That's my, really my choice of entertainment I, I, because I can be more picky of what I see if I'm watching YouTube, and that's just my business. I, I'm really not up on the television, so I really don't know what's going on. I had a guy call me here the other day and wanted to give it to me free. I said, that's wonderful, but that's wasting your time and my time because <laughs> I'm not watching it. <laughs> and that's all right. I'm not criticizing it. I'm just telling you. But I found something the other night, about three nights ago, I think it was, that came out. And you may have seen it, so I don't be, I'm not breaking any new news to you. But it was a, a survey that had been made. They had surveyed all of the national churches throughout the world, basically in the United States, for most of them had their headquarters here or in this area. And what they said was, that 50% of the attendance in the last two years has been dropped in most churches. Think about that. 50% of the congregations just didn't come back after the epidemic that we just went through. Also, there's some other things that's beginning to stir. And they mentioned this, and I'm sure it had to be true, they couldn't have published it, they said that there are churches that are now changing their entire format 
and their objective of what they're trying to do in the community. And they said there are major churches, and they mentioned the one, the Methodist Church. And they said there had been a, what they call, an international conference that met of all the nations that have Methodist churches. They all came together and they voted to, raise, to do away with the standards that had been there before so that now the pastors, they can now have homosexual pastors and they can also perform same-sex marriages without any opposition. Well, I'm going to tell you what, church, that's not going to fly. And the reason I know it's not, because they're already talking about having two Methodist churches. They're talking about the old line, John Wesley Church, that came in back when the revivals came to America and how that he gave his heart and soul to reach the lost around the world. And there's still people in the Methodist Church that believes that same way. They're still ready to pay the price to see God reach out into the lost and the perishing. So let, the, let those that want to go their way go their way. There's things going on, church, that I don't know that God approves of at all. Amen. I know if it was up to me, I wouldn't. There are other churches, I'm not going to go into more detail, but there are other churches that they are now finding a way to separate the congregations from the liberal to the conservative. The churches. I don't believe that Politics ought to come into the church to govern the way the church is ruled. But I do believe there is a consciousness, a conviction, a standard that every church and every Christian ought to have regardless of the denomination. I've worked with enough other uh, denominations that I know that there are some good people in many churches and they want to live for God and they want to serve God. I've helped revivals in, in Episcopal and also in Presbyterian churches. I'll go anywhere that I'm asked to come because I believe that there's good people wanting to know what the voice of God is being done and said today that we might follow him with all of our heart. Listen carefully. As the enemy tried to persuade these men by giving them a different purpose in their life than what they were called to do. If he can, the devil will change your goals as well. He will come. He'll show you different things. In the story, we know that uh, Nebuchadnezzar had built him an altar and he had built him an image that he wanted worshipped. And... Uh, he asked that they would bring in and play music, pleasant music, so that when you heard it, you would drop to your knees and worship this golden God that he had created. Now that sounds a little stupid. Who would do that? Well, I can tell you that it's still being happening in a way. Huh? It can. Be careful because we're living in treacherous times and deceitful moments in which the enemy catches us on a blind side. What is God saying? God is saying to us, 
that we need to listen carefully to hear His voice and not be confused by the voices of others. He said, if you hear it, lose your position. Relinquish your place and fall down and worship this golden image. Let me tell you what, church. I'm not ready to, I'm not ready and I might have to be faced with that somewhere in the near future. I don't know. There is a consequences of not obeying the authorities. Did you realize? I can be one here to testify completely about that. I uh, went over to Germany in 1974. I got involved. I was involved. It was a wonderful ministry. I, it'll always be a part of our life. I came back to the States in 19, 1988, I believe it was, 88 or 89. And I came back, and when I came back, I was thrilled to get back. I used to ask myself the question, will I ever see Oklahoma again? Can I tell you a little sidebar on that? I used to go up to the airport that was flying out from the States. There was a direct flight every day. Number, American Airlines number 70 flew out of Frankfurt into Dallas, Texas every day, loaded up and came right back. I used to hang on the fence and watch that old plane take off. And I'd love to be there when it came back. Oh, you can get used to it, and after a while it don't bother you. But I tell you, everybody was missing home, and I was too. But my life was so entangled in what we were doing, and we were involved, and there was many wonderful things happening, and I was blessed. I saw things happen that I never dreamed could happen. I came home exhilarated. I came home excited. And I hadn't been home very long until I got a, a notice, a call, that I was to come and meet with some of our officials. I didn't know what that was about. Sounded exciting to me. I go over and I walk, sat down and there was a, a table full of men. And I sat down. I didn't know what it was about. I said, yeah, what's, what's the story? What's going on? And they said, we've come here to get your confession. Oh, okay. What am I supposed to confess? You'll know. You know what needs to be confessed. I said, I don't. I don't. I really don't. Oh, don't you lie to us. You confess it and it'll be easier on you. I said, okay. What am I going to confess? And they said, you know. And you'd better start speaking or it's going to get worse on you. What would you do? I didn't know what to do. I didn't know what to do. I said, I don't know what to do. What am I going to confess? What, got anything idea? And they said, yeah, you know. Just follow your tracks. You'll know what you're talking about. I said, well, I don't. But then I remembered, in fact, they, uh, they gave me two or three real good tents and what it was that I had met a man that I've known for years and I was talking to him. I was having fellowship with him. And they said, after a while, you know him. I said, yeah, I sure do. Yes, I do. Yes, he's a good man. I said, he's always been a friend. I don't know him that well, but we've always been friends. And that's it. They said, that's it. You'd better confess how you know him. I said, 
I don't know. I just know him, and that's all I know. And they said, you're about to lose your association and affiliation with the Assemblies of God. I'm a graduate of Southwestern, Waxahachie. I went to the graduate school in Springfield. I have been a faithful pastor. I got ordained in 66. I got credentials in 1960. I said, well, I may have messed up real big, so tell me what it is. They said, you know what it is. I said, I don't. And I said, well, when did it happen? Maybe I, we'll start from that angle. And they named a year, and I said, oh, I was living in Rolstein right out of Nuremberg. I said, I remember that. They said, no, it's right here in the United States. I said, no, no, no. Wasn't me, buddy. It wasn't me. Well, to make the end of that conversation, they finally said, we're the side later where we're going to kick you out. And I said, I don't know what's going on. Did you ever get lost in, in a conversation? Huh? You didn't know what was happening. Now, listen to me. I'm trying to be as honest and open as fair as I can about this, but I didn't have any earthly idea what they were talking about. They kept saying, you better not lie. And I said, boy, I wonder if I can figure out what we're talking about. And I didn't know. Well, I found out later because I went home. I was totally complex. I crawled in and told my wife, I said, I've just been through the awfulest thing I've ever been through in my life. And I tried to explain it to her. And she said, what caused it? I said, I don't know. But there's a fellow I knew that was up high up in the echelon. I called him and I thought, I told him the story that what had happened. And he started laughing. He said, oh, yeah. He said, I know exactly what they were talking about. I said, well, please tell me. I said, I don't know what I was doing and what I was expected to do. And he said, well, it was while you're overseas. I said, I know it had to be. I didn't know anything about it. And he said, there was a pastor they brought in just like you. And they started drilling him. And he finally told them, I don't want to put up with any more of this. If you hadn't got anything to say, leave me alone. I'm going home. And he did. In a few months, they called him back and started it again. He said, look, I said, leave me alone if you don't have something. Quit just harassing me and badgering me with your, your third degree in interrogation. He went back the third time, and they kept calling him in. He said, if you call me one more time, I'm going to bring my lawyer the next time. And he did, and they called him the fourth time, and he took a lawyer. Make a long story short, he sued them for a million dollars and won. Well, that, you can see why they was mad, because I had spoke to him. They thought I knew him, because I was affiliated with him. I said, well, I didn't know it, but, you know, I can understand that they were upset. But he, he didn't get take the money. He, I later called and talked to him about it. I didn't know him that well, but I explained to him why I had to do it. Let me tell you what. There's a fire burning out there, folks. There's a fire burning. And I don't care what church or what affiliation or what your pedigree or your name or your longevity is. God is waiting on you and he'll take you in his arms and he will shield you and protect you and lead you. Yeah. We're living in some hard, difficult times and it's going to get tougher. Can I tell you that I believe that God has spoken to my heart that things are going to get tougher for the church 
And you say, well, is it going to be the tribulation? No, but it's a warm-up to it. It's going to be a, a time of testing. We're going to have to feel the power and the criticism and all the inquisition that's going to be cast at us. We're going to have to deal with it in some way or another, be able to face this kind of stuff and face it with our head held high and our voices ringing for truly the power and the grace of God today. I want that in my life. I don't know what's going to happen. And I don't know how to tell you what's going to happen. But I'm going to tell you this. The devil will find some way to be able to bring that judgment. In the case of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they would not bow. They would not give in. They would not do what the king had asked them. Let me tell you, there's some people that you can really aggravate big. You might aggravate the wrong ones. Huh? I told you, I've been through some strange situations. And sometimes I wonder how I got caught in that. Someone told me that I had a special calling. <laughs> I don't think so. <laughs> I just come back on, on one of my furloughs and I met a friend of mine. I'd known him years ago. He said, um, he said, I want to ask you something. He said, you're a pastor, you're a preacher. I said, yes, I'm trying to be. He said, um, I need some wisdom. I said, certainly, I'm full of wisdom. I can give you every bit of that. He said, um, I have an aunt that uh, was a, a very wealthy woman. She had a lot of land, different things. He began to explain it. And I said, okay. And he said, uh, we always knew that uh, she would do what she wanted to when her husband died because they had no children. And we never questioned it. We always felt that she had wisdom and she would do the right thing. She told us all one time, said, I'm going to leave this stuff, everything I've got, to the church. And I don't know that she told anyone but the family that. So they knew what was kind of coming. So she goes to the pastor of her church and said, would you recommend someone uh, that I could get to help me legally? I want to transfer all of my properties and everything to the church. And he said, yes, I know a man that is in a position. He's uh, uh, an executive and he knows how to do this kind of thing. I'll bring him in. And he did. And she said for several days they worked together, getting properties, all kinds of stuff together. And uh, then, then the business deal was settled. And it wasn't long after that that she passed away. This is my friend telling me this. And he said when she did... We kind of expected everything to be that way. There was a reading of the will, and we found that none of this stuff went to the church. He said, we found that the man they brought in to help her had it all put in his name. I said, boy, that's a bad one. That's a bad one. He said, yes. And he said, we heard that he is a preacher. Oh, you see, if one preacher's messed up, all preachers are bad. Yeah. You know, so I, I knew then he was trying to get wisdom. He was a friend. I said, well, what, what do you think? He said, well, I need some wisdom in this. What to do? I said, well, is it someone? No, it's somebody off a long ways. I said, okay, well, I probably would never know him, but uh, 
just who were they? I just asked him, I don't know why I asked that. And he told me, did you know, I knew the guy. I knew him. He's high up in the assemblies of God. I said, okay. I didn't tell him. I said, okay, thank you. I'll see what I can do. I'll do something. I went to the secretary and treasurer. I knew him, and I said, I need wisdom. And I told him the story, and I said, and so-and-so was supposed to have been able to transfer this property and monies and everything. He put it all in his name. He said, I don't doubt it one ounce. I think it had happened before. And he listened to me carefully, and he said, I'm going to tell you. He said, that man is a lot higher position. He has a lot more authority than you do. Of course, I'm just a, I'm just a spot on the wall. I knew I didn't mount anything, but he said they'll believe him before they believe you. I would advise you not to say anything. You tell your friend to hire an attorney and let them take care of it. Yeah. And you stay out of it. I did. I think about a year later, I heard that man died that got all this in his name. Now, I want to ask you something. I need to know this. I'm really, I'm really interested. I got two or three stories I can tell you. That's going to be my last one right there. On the judgment day, how does God judge these things? I've asked my wife, and she hadn't answered me yet. Because <laughs> some of this stuff, you know what I'm trying to tell you, don't you? <clears throat> yeah. Don't let somebody turn you into something that you're not. Yes, sir. And the fire, let me tell you about the fire. It's hot. Yeah. It's hot. I know how hot it can get. I know what it feels like. I know what it feels to have the fire licking at you every day. I know what it is to pick up the phone call and a voice without identification. Then we didn't have phone that you had caller ID. They said, please tell your family by your children, particular your wife, for you will never see a sunrise. I will guarantee that. Click. Twice that happened. I was not to be known when it was or where it was, but my life would be taken. Why? I had discovered an embezzlement going on in a church, and I was trying to bring it to a head and get rid of the problem and get the person that was doing the embezzling out of the way. It's a difficult thing. Don't ever get there if you don't have to. Because it's tetris, it's detritus, it's terrible, it's awful. Because you know how wrong, but I'm going to tell you that fire that is burning will, will kill you if you're not careful. Right. That fire will kill you. I was asked, and I didn't want to, I tried to talk myself out of this one. I got a call one day from a fellow. He said, I'm a business manager, and he told me who he was. He said, I, I work for a large church, and he told me what all it was, and all he, and he said, the board wanted me to call you and see if you would come down and be our pastor. I said, no, thank you. I'm, I'm busy. 
I'm, 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 I was, I was really busy. <laughs> I don't have time because it was in Louisiana. Now, folks, I'm not, I, I, I love some folks in Louisiana. I love some folks, but there's some, there's some mean people in Louisiana. Can I tell you that? I want to get down so you I can see your white of your eyes because I'm telling you the truth. I didn't want to go to Louisiana. I knew um, cases where some people had disappeared in the bayou and never came back from fishing. I didn't want to go down there. And they said, but, and they called me again another few days later. And they said, if we put you on a conference call, would you talk to the board? I said, I'd be glad to, but I'm not coming to Louisiana. And they said, well, we've got, we got, got this phone call. We're going to all call you on the told me the night. I said, I'll be home. And all six or seven of them, seven of them got on the board. And, and oh, they were giving me questions, and I was trying to answer them. When it got through, they said, we like what we hear. Would you please send us a resume? We'd like to consider you for our pastor. I said, forget it, no resume, and not coming to Louisiana. Yeah. Bye, I'll see you. I was having services that time. I was still in missions, and I was over in Lafayette, Louisiana. That's real Cajun country over in there. That's, I had a good friend. I could tell you about some stories there, but I won't get into that tonight. <laughs> I can see you're not prepared for this. <laughs> I was up there, got there early. Rose Walt Reels was my friend of mine, and he pastored the church. He said, um, you know in Biden, Louisiana? I mean, in New Orleans? And I said, no, not really. He said, well, somebody knows you because they're coming over here tonight. I said, uh-oh. About service time, seven men walked in with suits on Wednesday night. Sat down. He nudged me. He said, I believe that's your crowd out there. <laughs> I said, okay. So afterwards, they come up, introduced themselves, said, we're the, we're the board from uh, New Orleans. I said, well, I figured that much of it out. And they said, can we visit with you? And so we sat down, and my wife and I, she's with me. We sat there talking. And they was telling us about their church and how big it is and what all's happened. And they, they, all, they had a school, a very large school. And uh, I, it went on and on. I said, oh, I know I don't want this. No, 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 don't want this at all. And finally they said, well, how are you going, how are you going to go back to Oklahoma? And I began to tell them my route. They said, oh, did you know you're going to have to come real close to New Orleans? I said, am I? They said, yes, what that highway, come right back through New Orleans. Why don't you stop and let us take you to dinner? Have you had any real good fried food? Because we got the best here in New Orleans. I, my wife, she, she, she likes good. She said, why don't we stop and eat anyway? <laughs> I said, okay, she wants to stop and eat. And they said, that's all we want, just get you to stop and eat. We're, they put us in a nice hotel, and they took us out, and you talk about feeding two ducks, they fed us. <laughs> We ate the best. And some of that stuff was feet, was expensive. I know it was. But boy, was they buttering us up. <laughs> and they got to the point. They said, uh, you're here. Do you like that? I said, oh, I love it. They said, oh, well, we're going to do better than that. Said, if you would uh, stay Sunday and preach for a Sunday, we got all kinds of stuff planned for you then. My wife's just tugging on my coat. Sounds good to us. <laughs> Stand, let's do it. I said, you know what we're getting into here. She said, yeah, let's stay. Let's stay and see what they got. So we did. I called my supervisor, which was over 
And I, I called him. I told him, I said, I'm down here in Louisiana. Some folks want me to, want me to preach on weekend. I haven't, I haven't got it. It's on my schedule. I'm supposed to be somewhere else. He said, you think it's God? I said, brother, I wished I knew if it was God or not. I don't think it is, but I'm not for sure. He said, go preach. And when you preach, you'll know if it's of God. And he said, I'll call the church and I'll make it right with them. I'll get them worked out. Okay, don't you worry about that. I'll take it. You do what God wants you to do. And I said, okay. So now we're on for Sunday and Sunday night. Have I told you this story? I have You're not putting me on, are you? (laughs) We did. We had a great time. This church had one of the finest orchestras you ever heard. Most of them were saved off of Bourbon Street. I mean, they were, that was the rockinest church. I believe they were great. They were wonderful. They had a a 30-voice choir that the city used anytime they had any kind of city function, they would always have their choir to come in. That choir was excellent. Boy, they could just nail that thing to the wall. They were good. And them, them, them musicians off of Bourbon Street, boy, they put a little jazz to that. Any, any song you had, you hear that jazz in it. Yeah. That's just the way it was. And that Sunday morning service, boy, it, it was a rocking. I'm sitting up there and I don't know what in the world, what kind of defense have I got for this? So I preached that morning and that afternoon, they hit out showing me all around the country and and it's a big place down there. Did you know? Big place. And uh, then they said, well, tonight we're going to vote on you. Would you let us vote? Mm. I said, I don't know. We said, let us vote. And we'll see what it looks like. I said, okay. I preached and they, they voted. They had us back in an office somewhere. I don't even know where we was at. I have a feeling the door was locked, but I never did check it. <laughs> And they come back there and said, excellent vote. Never would tell me what it was. Excellent vote. You got the best vote we have ever had. You're our new pastor. Now, let me tell you, I told you some stuff. Let me tell you some more things I shouldn't be telling you, but I'm going to tell you anyway. They had a school. They had over 300 kids in the school that they charged $1,500 a semester, two semesters a year give you some idea, a little money there. The church ran about 700 and it had, they had three or two or three people full time to count money. That's all they did. Took care of that. And they locked the doors on them for sure. And I knew why they wanted me there, but there was a, a secretary, a man that I don't know where he'd come from. Somehow people tell on you about stuff you don't even know about sometimes. And he told them that I could handle Stuff like that. You ever had anybody tell you, tell on you about something you know they should have kept their mouth shut? And I said, I don't know if I could handle that or not. And they begin, the board sat down and began to tell us that we've got a big leak here. We're losing a lot of money. We got a lot of money coming in. Just the, the school alone. Think about that. 3000 per each child. And that's coming in every year. And they said, this money's disappearing. We can't find it. And that's why we want you to come here and find it. Can you imagine somebody in church would take money that wasn't theirs? Mm. Well, that's what it was about. So I knew then, Naomi said, let's, t- let's go. I said, all right. And so we're going to take it. I said, I'll take it, but I may leave any time. 
And they said, okay. That night, they said, now when do you want to start? They figured two or three weeks. I said, in the morning at eight o'clock. You want me to do something? Let's catch it while it's hot before somebody has the time to change anything up. And they said, okay. And the next morning at eight o'clock, I was sitting in the office and I was meeting staff. There were 45 employees of that church. And they were coming in and I was shaking hands and I couldn't remember any of their names. <laughs> I was just sitting there thinking, oh God, what am I into? What am I into? What's going on here? And the Lord had one lady. There were three secretaries and one lady that stood out that she knew what she was doing. Her husband was on the board and he was an investigator for the federal government and white collar crime. I figured she'd be a good one to pick. And her name was Pam. I said, Pam, I think maybe God wants me to call on you because I got to have somebody covering my back. I'm fixing to get into something I don't want. And she said, and she spoke with a strong Cajun accent. Why is that pastor? I said, I need somebody I can trust that won't talk to anybody and that will back me up and help me to find. I got to find a leak. And she says, Pastor, you can count on me. And she could. That was the most honest woman I ever met. I didn't find out until a few years later. I was down visiting with them. Just went back, spent a couple of days down there and asked John, that's her husband, I asked him about it. She didn't even tell him. She didn't tell him. Nobody. And we went through files and we found it. I won't go into more details about that, but we found the leak and we had to fire three people. Do you know that what hurts? You know what hurts a pastor when you have to let somebody go because it's not one person, it's usually a family that's involved. That hurts. Oh, that hurt. That hurt me. I'd I was sick at my stomach, but I knew I had to do it because one of these guys had been taking a big hunk of money out of that church. And he had done it in a very smart way. There was another one there. I, he was one of the associates and I, I said, Chuck, I'm going to need you to help me. I'm going to have to put some people on the spot. I've got to do some interviews. Would you please sit in the corner and listen? I need a, a witness. He said, no, I will not do it. I said, why not? Because he said, these are some of the folks that wants me as a pastor of this church. I said, well, buddy, listen, you can have it anytime you want it. But I said, for tonight, I got it. You're going to back me or else you're leaving. Because we've got to find the bottom and that's it. He said, count me out. I said, that'll be it. Take your name off the roster. And he did. We had a school. The school was, it was a very effect, effective school. Very effective. Very good. Got some good teachers. And the fellow over it was a great guy. I loved him. I loved his family. They were all in the church. Every Tuesday we had staff meeting and that's when they would come in and and all the departments would, would report, and I'd turn to finally get to the school. I said, well, John, how are we coming on the school? Oh, brother, God's blessing. I said, I appreciate that. Now, John, I want to report something on paper. Can you give me a report? Oh, I'll get that next time, brother. I'll get it the next time. The next month, next time would be the same thing. Oh, God will give it the next time. We'll get it the next time. God's blessing. I said, listen, God may be blessing, 
but we are accountable for what we do, what we say, and how we handle God's business. Right. We're, bus we're responsible. Yes. And you've got to be able to show me what you've been doing with all that money. You've got to show me. He said, I can't. I just can't do it. I said, oh, you're a good man. We're not going to renew your contract. I'll recommend you for teaching. He was a good teacher. Everybody loved him. But I said, John, you're not an administrator. You're just going to have to go. I was sitting there with my head on the desk. Did you ever get sick over something that you did? You know you had to do. You knew it was right, but you were sick over it. I was sick. I was sitting there, my head down. Switchboard called me and said, there's a pastor. There's a phone call from the Netherlands. Oh, okay. I, this story goes into a lot of other stuff, and I had to be careful at this point. But there was a guy from the Netherlands. He was the operational officer for counter-espionage for the Americans. Uh, you know, that's a spy runner is what he was. And he said, um, I just got released from a job. Do you have anything for me? I said, Steve, we got a lot of stuff for you. There's one job you, you, you do really do need. It's the one you qualify for. And he came down. He took the job. He became the head of the school, consolidated of the schools, got rid of some bad teachers, hired some more new teachers, everything. Went. Let me tell you, what I, when I left New Orleans, God had worked a miracle down there, and I, I won't go into more detail. But let me tell you what the fire feels like. It's hot. It's hot. And if you're going to serve God, be ready because the fire's coming. If you're going to serve God and you're committed to do that, you'll feel some fire. And that's the warning that I'm giving you here tonight. If you're not going to bow to the enemy, you're not going to follow his instructions, you're going to feel the fire. It's here. It'll burn you. It'll make it miserable. Well, you know the story. Nebuchadnezzar threw him into the fiery furnace. Thought that'd be the end of that story. Can you imagine what kind of night he had thinking about that? The next morning he came down and looked inside, and what he didn't expect was there. Three men that he threw in there, bound up, threw in to be barbecued. When he looked inside, they were up walking around. But while they were walking, there was a fourth man that appeared. Let me tell you, whatever happens, whatever goes on in Long Grove in Oklahoma, there is a fourth man that's going to walk with us, going to be with us, and he will be there regardless of difficulty, regardless of what is a plan against you, against the threats, against everything that happens. The fourth man will make a difference, so don't ever forget. Don't ever forget. You're not alone. And regardless how hot it is. Heavenly Father, I'm not here today but to say one thing. We have learned what it's like in difficult times to serve you and be committed to you, to follow you, to be yielded into your hands above any and all things. My God, my God, take us tonight. Put your arms around everyone in this room. 
prepare us for we know the time is coming. The church is going to be tested and tried. There's going to be terrible things happen. There's going to be fires burning and there will be lives be threatened. There will be people scorched and burned, but God will not be killed. Lay your hand upon everyone, we pray in this service, this church. And God, give us your perfect will. Give us the anointing of your spirit. Let us, God, walk through the midst of the fire. And God, be in your perfect will, we pray, for we ask it in your name. And for your glory. And for your place tonight in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. 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 Naomi, can we sing that chorus? It shall be worth it all. It all. When we see Jesus, we'll seem so small. When we see Christ, you have that Sob his dear face, all sorrow will give to my wife. So bravely run the race till we trust in you. I pray God lay your hand upon this body tonight 
and whatever we may be faced with tomorrow, that it will be under the direction and the guidance of the Holy Ghost. I pray that you would lead us, and it may not be pleasant, it may be ugly, it may be things that would be hard to deal with if we knew it was coming, but God, give us the courage and the strength to take one more step just for your glory. Lay your hand upon this church. Lay your hand upon the future, whatever it may be. And lead us by the power of the Holy Ghost that you may be blessed and that we will be blessed through you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Amen.